Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the WMCA News Student Podcast. Today, our guest is Mark Hoover, and we're going to start it off with our intro. We always do, so we do Two Truths and a Lie. So, have you played the game Two Truths and a Lie before? I am not. Okay, so the, the idea of the game is it's going to say, so you're going to say two things about your life that are true, and then one that's a lie. Like Maybe I'd say, I've been stung by a stingray, I've been to Hawaii, and I live in North Carolina. So one of those things is a lie, and two of those things is true. So then it's the audience and our job to guess which ones are true and which one are a lie. Okay. So just in your life, think about two truths and two tru- two lies, and it's our then we try to guess. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yep. All right. I taught social studies for twenty years. I taught science for five, and I coached football for twenty. I can't, I can't picture you as a science teacher. Yeah, I don't either. know. I don't that's know. It. That's, that's it. That's it. Science. Yeah, yeah, science. Yeah, yeah. science. I can imagine you teaching social studies. I feel like you'd fit. That's how I started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Social studies. How did you, you like teaching social studies? I liked it. Liked it. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. That's history is kind of my thing. Yeah. Um, the uh, sports performance stuff came later. Later. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was my original. Yeah. So what school did you start at? Like, what was your first school you ever taught at? Gracious, let's see. Conneaut Lake High School in um, Meadville, Pennsylvania. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I worked as a full-time substitute and head football coach. Nice. Yeah. Dang. So where did you where did you grow up? Where are you from? I'm from Warren, Pennsylvania. Warren, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's uh, uh, kind of northwest corner. Gotcha. North of Pittsburgh, right on the border with New York. Yeah, so you... Pretty far from the coast, or yeah, oh yeah, yeah. All the way. it's almost as far to Philadelphia as Charlotte. Oh wow! Yeah, from where I grew up. It's That's a beautiful a state, though. Our family's been there. Is so mm-hmm. beautiful. The nature, cold though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think people when they think of Pennsylvania, they think of like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. And yeah, it's really just all country. Yeah, it's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your family, siblings, wife, kids, anything. Uh, my wife, April. Mm-hmm. Um, she is an American Sign Language interpreter. She wow. works at Rocky River High School. She was uh, um, been. She's actually getting real close to retirement because she started when she was twenty, which was pretty fantastic yeah. to start your career that young. Wow. Um, I have a daughter, Michaela. Went to Piedmont High School. She's a UNC Wilmington. Nice. I have a stepson, Michael, who yep. is a police officer. He's married to uh, Beck, who is a special ed teacher. In there in South Carolina, cool. near Myrtle Beach, so they live in Surfside. Um, Michael's a police officer, Georgetown. Cool. Uh, my mom and dad. Uh, my dad lives outside of Pittsburgh. My mom still lives in Warren. Uh, I got three sisters. One's a one's a nurse. One works for the bank, and one is a GM of a hotel. Nice. And they're all younger. I was seven years old when my sister was born. Wow. My next oldest. So growing up, did you always want to be involved in football? Were you football from day one? Yes. Uh, football and history. History. You know, yeah. I remember the very distinct kind of delineation point, I believe, is my grandfather took me to uh, New England to tour the historical sites when I was 13, I guess. The summer I left, like, I got out of school, sixth grade ended, and, like, he picked me up and we left for New England. Right. How fun. And I know. And he was so fired up for me to 
see all the historical sites. And mm -hmm. I remember very distinctly, my dad was with us, and they were going to go to uh, see the Lexington Concord battlefield and then go out to eat at a really nice steakhouse. Mm. And uh, I decided to stay back in the hotel room so I could watch the uh, USFL championship football game. Gotcha. Um, and so, yeah, they were, they kind of always would say that's kind of the point where they, in my life too, where they could see that. Football was important. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And so you played collegiate football, right? I did. Where at? Hiram College. Okay. In Ohio. In Ohio. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cold up north or? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Very cold. Very cold. Um, I actually, I went to junior college for one year. I kind of thought that because I was the biggest, strongest guy in my high school that I would be the biggest, strongest guy everywhere. And then, mm -hmm. So I was going to go to uh, West Virginia University, and I went to their junior college to for a year, and I realized that, you know, I should probably just go where I was going to be happy yeah. and yeah. play football. So yeah, that's what I did. Smart. Mm -hmm. All right, so how did you end up in North Carolina? I know you've had a long mm -hmm. list of jobs kind of taking you all over the place. Let's yeah. kind of that track. So you said you started in Pennsylvania coaching. Yep. Then uh, it was uh, I was working as a full-time sub. It was a lot harder to get a teaching job at that point in Pennsylvania. Gotcha. Um, so uh, in North Carolina, it's just a lot easier to get uh, a, job. a job. So, yeah, I reached out to uh, some different football coaches and said, hey, uh, I'd like to come down as an assistant history teacher, and mm -hmm. next thing you know, uh, that was 2002. Wow. Yep, and I moved down, and then I kind of ran the gamut of of coaching football, uh, assistant coach, head coach a couple different spots, um, and then I guess the natural progression of things, especially to the last five or ten years, was kind of the head football coach was, or somebody on the football staff was, the weightlifting guy. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd always fell to me, even when I was coaching in Pennsylvania, because I was the weightlifting guy on the football staff. You know, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's kind of how you, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, that's how you got nominated to be the high school strength coach. It's like, you lift weights. Yes, yes I do. You're the guy. You're it. Yeah. I don't care what you know. <laughs> so, you know, I probably spend a good 15 years being your typical meathead, everybody lift heavy and who cares what else we do type guy. And then yeah. um, about 2008, I'd say I was at West Forsyth High School, a buddy of mine was the head coach, and he said, hey, you're doing a great job in the weight room. He's like, and you know, I really want you to make this a specialty of yours. And uh, we had the strength coaches from Wake Forest University. His son was on our JV football team. Well. And so they gave me open access to go over there. And um, I tell people every day, or every day, whenever I talk about this, is when uh, I walked into his facility, that was probably the day that I stopped being a football coach that was a strength coach and began being a strength coach that was a football coach. And then eventually got to the point where, um, you know, I pursued education and, you know, kind of go down the rabbit hole of trying to be really good at. You know, when I walked into that Wake Forest University, I really thought I knew everything about making kids strong, you know? And then you realize making kids strong is about 10% of the, the actual mm -hmm. job. Definitely. And, uh, cause it's really easy. Like, it's not super difficult to make high school kids strong. You know, like if you yeah. just live, you're gonna be stronger. Yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of nuance. And so I just got really curious and, 
and uh, you know my recommendation for everybody is is find something you're really curious about and try to make that your career because then it won't seem like work yeah yeah you know, when you're chasing you're chasing knowledge that you're curious about and you're interested in gotcha. so and, uh, so that's kind of how it went yeah so how'd you end up at <clears throat> the sports athletic performance job you're doing now uh so i was uh i spent seven years at piedmont yeah um and then uh, I went down to York Conference High School in South Carolina for six, six and a half. And during my time there, I got involved with a company called Simply Faster. That's a sports tech company, very well known. Mm -hmm. Sports technology, and it's funny they uh, they kind of scouted me out from Twitter. <laughs> Believe it or not, like uh, I was in a Twitter like debate with another strength coach, and they they reached out and asked me to write an article. And then so I wrote an article and it did well. And so then they asked me to write a couple more. And next thing you know, they were asking me to do this and do that. Did that for three or four years, uh, kind of as a part-time job. And then about a year, year and a half ago, they reached out and said, what would it take for us to hire you full-time? Mm -hmm. um, working from home, you know, scary proposition because, you know, you leave the public school system. It's pretty, uh, that's a pretty secure position. Yeah, yeah you know? it is. So, uh, but I did because it was going to be the right, the right opportunity. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's funny how it worked out with MCA because for two years, Coach Langland, so Coach Langland, I go way back. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how far we used to work out at the same gym together. <laughs> um, and I sent him a, a guy that interned for me that coached here, Coach Helms, for a while. Mm -hmm. um, so for two years, right at Christmas time, for one reason or another, we discussed the possibility of me coming here, you know, strength conditioning, PE, whatever, and it just never quite matched up mm -hmm. salary-wise with, yeah. you know, just different different things just weren't. And uh, so then this last Christmas, I reached out and I said, hey, what if uh, what if money didn't make any difference in it? Like, if you pay me, you pay me, and if you can't, you know, just give me whatever you can. And he was like, well, I don't even know what that means. I said, well, I'll come in and talk to you about it. So. Essentially, with my job with Simply Faster, I my value to them is as a strength high school strength coach because you know that's what people like to talk to me about. So mm -hmm. right. I I explain to them I really need to stay in it, and I get it. I can't do it full time like I was. You know, at York yeah. I'd be there from from seven in the morning until seven at night. Yeah, and I was driving an hour and some to the to house. You know, so this is a lot closer and. So I reached out to Coach Lang and I said, I won't be able to do what I did at York because I can't, I worked with all the sports all mm -hmm. the year round there. But I said, you know, maybe with football and track, baseball a little bit, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. And uh, he said, well, let's get you in here and talk to Mr. Callaway and Coach Blowler. And uh, we sat down and um, I kind of told him what, what, I, what I wanted to do for the program and, and it just like, Kind of Coach Langley said, they're like, and you'll do that for how much? And I was like, <laughs> I mean, whatever you can pay me. <laughs> you know, yeah. like just, I want to be able to coach. And I'm blessed, I mean, blessed in the fact that the job that I have provides a financial, you know, stability that I can say, hey, pay me what you can pay me and I'll come over as much as I can. And as, as you guys know, there's, you know, there's times that I'm here almost every day and then there's times that I'm here hardly at all like right now and just you know it just kind of goes but but I try to do as much as I can from January through the end of football season yeah. and 
and uh, so that's kind of how I ended up where I'm at now. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. All, all, yeah. all the sports teams appreciate that you've helped a lot with a bunch of different things. Uh, tell me a little bit more about kind of your research. How did you learn all the information that you did about sports science itself? <laughs> so, it's it's uh, kind of uh, again back to the word curiosity. Mm -hmm. You know, you stumble upon something that seems like it's a good idea or mm -hmm. like something I'd like to know more about. Yeah, and then you just start reading. Mm -hmm. And when you read something, all of a sudden it opens up another door. I'm interested in this, and I'm interested in that, and then, and then all of a sudden you're just taking information. And you know, I think it's kind of chasing knowledge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's something that I would have never thought when I was younger that I would have been interested in chasing mm -hmm. knowledge. You know, like uh, just wasn't something that I. I didn't even know what a strength coach was when I was, you know, like I was going to be a cop or, um, you know, then a teacher and then a cop again. And then, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it just kind of one thing led to another. And so books, videos, there's so much access now that there's really no reason not to be, not to be up to date. The only reason anyone wouldn't be on the cutting edge of kind of things that's going on is they just don't want to be. Because you really can't be. If you're willing to put the time in in this era yeah. where there's so much out there. There's these computers in your pocket. You can look yeah, I mean, I can't even. I have. I just was cleaning out the man cave a little bit a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago. My wife was like, why do you even have? You have. 200 books on the shelf. She's like, do you even look at them anymore? And I was like, sometimes I go back, but you know, I got all those same books on my phone. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we, we kind of, I kept some of them, put some in a box, but the ones that, I mean, I, I have a book that I go back to and I've probably, it's, it's a strength training book that I probably have read 50 times total begin to end not all in the same sitting mm -hmm. but I have it downloaded on my phone I get on a plane I open it back up I'm, I mean so it's you know with the, the access to to all that information you know it's just if you have time you know that's kind of what kind of made it a great team here with me and the coaches you have here Coach Langley and the others is because you know they have to spend the majority of their time worrying about their sport yeah. and you know I will tell you this I thought coach Langley did a fantastic job before I got here and that was one of the things that I was really surprised with was I mean the kids were the kids are strong here mm -hmm. like really they are and I thought okay so I can bring some of the things that I've learned that can optimize that those things that they've already got really good at and I think that just comes down to, to the knowledge, yeah. you know, chasing that knowledge. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So a lot of people know you for this thing called RPR. Yeah. Can you tell us what it means and kind of explain a little bit? Yeah. Reflexive performance reset. So all RPR really is, is your brain has a couple of different places it sits. And it's really kind of like that thing you get right there where you can move the you know, it's not all, you're either here or here. Mm -hmm. That's different. Right next to me is a soundboard, by the way, with yeah, a bunch of switches. Yeah, the soundboards and the switches, I should have been, I should have <laughs> okay. made that clear. But yeah. So essentially, you're sitting in uh, 
a fight or flight mode or a relax and perform mode. Mm -hmm. And the fight or flight mode has times when you need that. Mm -hmm. You know, there are moments when you need that. And there's times when you want to be relaxed and able to perform. And all RPR does, it's a method of pinpointing the areas of your body that your brain might say, hey, I'm not sure if I like this, so we're going to tighten your hamstring. Mm -hmm. So it, it, your brain will, your brain's sole purpose is to keep you alive. So if it doesn't like something, it's going to shut you down. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, with Coleman and his ankle, right? Mm -hmm. The brain didn't like the way he moved his ankle that day. So how shut can it down. shut him down? Yeah, It can swell up. Mm -hmm. Well, we sat and, you know, we did all the, the things we could. Yeah. And we took away the threat from his brain. And his brain said, oh, okay, I'm good with it. Swelling gone, right? Yeah. Um, then, of course, with Isaac, he had a torn ACL. Yeah, he can't do much There's, Yeah, <laughs> we, we tried, but, you know, I, I told him, I said, you know, if Jesus was here, you'd be gold. You're good. But I said, you know, RPR isn't going to work on this. But it just is a way of relaxation. I can tell you, uh, just personally, um, I get real nervous when I go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. So every time I go in, she's like, your blood pressure's to the roof. Let's light it. I started to do, get there about 10 or 15 minutes early and mm -hmm. do some RPR mm -hmm. before, breathe, diaphragmic breathing, some of the little pressure points. And it goes back to 10,000 years of, it really goes back to some stuff that ancient Chinese knew about. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a whole yeah. thing. But anyway, and I go in there and and I can get my blood pressure because I can just yeah. you make your body realize this isn't okay. a, this isn't right. a threat. Yeah. Right. You know, like I tell the guys during a football game, your body doesn't realize whether you're playing football mm -hmm. and or you're out in a battlefield or a, you're chasing a deer trying to hunt it down yeah. or if a mm -hmm. bear is chasing you. It just knows. Stuff's happening. Threat, response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's going to close down when you're in that fight or flight mode. It's going to shut down, kind of like if you were, you know, a spaceship. Mm -hmm. You know, like what was it Apollo 13 that got stuck up in space mm -hmm. for a little while? Yeah. The first thing they did was say, turn off anything that's not a necessity to keep you alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're in fight or flight mode, that's your brains. We're going to turn off everything, everything. and yeah. get you into into a safe position yeah you know you ever wonder what well you said something earlier that i thought was pretty cool mm -hmm. you said kids love chairs that rock back and forth yeah, yeah. we do rocking is a relaxation technique it is mm -hmm. it's kind of goes back to when you're a baby and mm -hmm. your mom exactly yeah. that's it, the reason or you know if you see someone that gets really mad like you know it probably doesn't happen here but tends at, at a public school mm -hmm. i'd look and i the kids would start going around and say, oh, we might have a little fight or something going on over here. You mm -hmm. go over here and, you know, someone's always like, they're shaking. Tense like, yeah, they're all tense. tense and shaking. Their brain is trying to get them to calm down. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's not, you know, like Daniel said, voodoo or anything like that before with his hamstring, but it, it's just getting his brain, and we, I had to work on Daniel's hamstring a lot, mm -hmm. it's getting his brain to realize he's really fast. Yeah. His brain is unsure about when you get to a certain speed. It's like, mm, let's, let's chill out. Let's yeah. governor that down. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
if you can make it relax and say it's okay that he runs that fast, then his hamstring's gonna not hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And funny thing that you said about RPR. So our softball team, we had this really, really intense game. So we were going to get Hickory Grove, and they're like our biggest rivals ever. Right. And so one of our girls at the top of like the lineup was going up and hitting, and she was, I mean, extremely nervous. So as you can tell, her muscles were tense and everything mm-hmm. like that. She did some of your stretches, and next you know she hit a home run. It That's amazing. I, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. Was that um, uh, SJ? SJ. Mm-hmm. I was going to say I was going to yeah. say SJ because mm-hmm. she was. So I remember uh, when I was at Piedmont, uh, the coach said, he get t- I can't remember the girl's name, but she was one of the pitchers, and he said, she starts throwing balls and she starts freaking out, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then it's over, like we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And uh, so I walked her through some RPR and I said, look, you just need to turn around, don't face the batter, close your eyes, do zone one RPR, take a big deep breath, and then just turn around and pitch. Mm-hmm. And she came in the next thing. She said, "It worked. It worked." <laughs> oh, so it's really I love hearing stories like that because yeah. yeah. you know it's just one of those things. But it's it's a it's a neat little tool to have mm-hmm. in your Definitely in your toolbox. Yeah, that's great. So just to kind of end off, what do you have any funny moments you can remember? Like any of your funniest moments? It doesn't have to do with any RPR, just athletics in general. Just as being, I know being a coach like this, you're gonna have some funny moments with some dumb meathead football guys. <laughs> Um, funny moments. I mean, honestly, I said something about this at the football banquet, but isn't one of the funnier things that probably anybody sees ever in the history of sports is if you come to our warm-ups and I'm tickling guys' feet. That is true. That's going to be one of the... Yeah, I walked into that one day and I was like, what in the world am I watching right now? Yeah, There's, that, that's a whole other podcast about why you do that, but it's just a way to... To, yeah, yeah, yeah to reduce threat to your to your lower extremities mm-hmm. and you know but all different things yep yeah well okay that was great um thank you for coming on the podcast absolutely Thanks do you have any me. um instagram anything you want to plug um yeah i mean uh i'm on instagram over performance mm-hmm. is the on instagram it uh I had Metrolina, uh, but but you can't. Now you're back to normal. Well, no, because uh, since I'm not a full-time employee, I couldn't. Okay. I couldn't you couldn't that. put back on it. Yeah. yeah, that's why you don't see as many videos and pictures, of you guys, either, because we've got to get permission to for. Do yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. I used to put you guys on there all the time. But, <laughs> yeah. but what then, about Twitter? Twitter, uh, Twitter is um, HooverMD71. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah thank you for coming. That was really cool to learn, yeah, yeah. actually. Was, I definitely learned something new today. So. Yeah, 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 Sweet. Okay. Thank you. All right. Yeah. yeah.